Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I Am The Law podcast. This is Daniel Gershberg again, and I have an awesome guest with me today, a uh, man by the name of Abe Geiger, who is the founder and CEO of Shake. Um, Abe's been really cool enough to actually join us today. And so, I, Abe, as I always do with my guests, uh, I, I like to have you guys intro yourselves because you do so much of a better job than I do. So why don't you tell everyone who you are, how you got started in this, etc.? Sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Sure. Um, yeah. My name's Abe Geiger. I started Shake uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, my background before that was uh, all early stage startups and a little bit of investing. Uh, so worked at a couple startups in the Bay Area and then I made my way to New York and have been here for about uh, eight, well, six years now. Um, wow, that seems like a lot, but Flies, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, um, uh, went to business school and uh, worked in worked in venture, and, and then jumped back over to the operating side and started started this. Um, and sort of my my high level, uh, why did I why did I get into this? Why did I start doing legal tech? Um, couple different reasons. One, I thought it was a, a really big industry that um, had yet to be you know significantly disrupted. Um, with technology and disrupted might even be the wrong word but um, supplemented and complemented maybe is a better way to put it um, with with technology uh, my wife's a lawyer so I saw firsthand some of the inefficiencies that, that she experiences at a big firm and thought they applied you know from big to small to consumer and, and seemed like a lot of opportunity there so that got me excited about it um, and was also seeing a lot of Trends in you know the uh, the economy, the sharing economy, the on-demand economy, sort of smaller transactions, um, peer-to-peer transactions, and felt like there was a, a lack of you know lightweight, simplified uh, tools and, and services um, to support those uh, on the legal side. So um, yeah, it's a bit about me and and uh, how I got into this. So tell us, I mean, what is Shake? Like to someone that just literally. Pulls Shake up online. What is Shake specifically? What is what is the product itself? Yep. So Shake is like a TurboTax for contracts on mobile devices. Um, so you answer a few questions. You uh, compile the document is compiled based on the answers to those questions. Um, you can sign it right there on the phone or the tablet. Uh, you can send it to somebody else if they're not there. Uh, they can sign it too if they're standing with you. Or you can send it to them, and, and they can sign it online on a tablet, on a phone. They don't have to have an account. Um, so it's a really simple way to create a contract, um, make edits to it. Uh, it's all plain English. We've written all of our own templates, um, so they're very simple and concise and easy to read. And we took a lot of time to do that. Um, and then uh, very easy to get signatures quickly. So you know, trying to make it simple to get deals done and make it easy for people to get that get that contract get a meeting of the minds make sure they're on the same page with everything um, and then and then move on to 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 actually doing the deal so is so and i kind of want to really get into this uh because i i find the product to to be really different than than anything that i've seen out there um and there's definitely you know questions that i have about it so the product itself, who is it meant for? Is it is it for let's say someone that you know wants to get an agreement but they don't have enough money to hire an attorney to, to do let's say a two page agreement or a three page agreement and they just want something solid that's there or who are your clients like who who is this marketed for? Yep, so that um, that's the main client, the sort of use case on the on the consumer and small business side. So people that 
are doing smaller transactions, need something, but the size of the deal doesn't probably um, make them feel like they should get a lawyer involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people that are, we call it tiny law. So kind of before anybody talks to lawyers, there's still these transactions that happen and people still want the peace of mind that they're, there's some protection around the deal that they're doing. It's just not a big enough deal to feel like I mean, I'm going to call a lawyer, get something custom done. Um, and so it's those smaller transactions. So we do a lot of um, it's a, a lot. A lot of our users are graphic designers, freelancers, um, photographers, folks like that. Um, okay. And so that's that's kind of been our core user of our of our content of our templates, which is what you get when you download the app. Um, but what we've started doing over the last couple of months is broadening that to anybody who has their own contracts, their own forms, um, can now upload those. And we're still working with a lot of people manually to sort of pilot this product, so it's not um, totally live for everybody yet. But um, you know, we've got thousands of small businesses that have already signed up for this, and a, a, a number of bigger companies that we're working with, um, like Twitter and. Um, 72 and Sunny and Vice and handful of other people have been using this where they give us the content, their templates, their form. We have no say in what the, the actual language of these things is. Uh, we just put it on Shake so they have that simple mobile experience. That's interesting. So so one part of the business is essentially I'm, let's say, selling a couch on Craigslist and I want to go into contract with a person that's going to buy it or I'm, I'm DJing a specific gig and I want to go into a contract with the venue itself, right? And then the... Yep. On the other end, um, which I didn't actually expect, was the people that are just uploading their templates, um, and they're using this as essentially just a vehicle to get it signed in a really seamless way. Yep, got it. Yep, I mean that yep, makes exactly. sense. Um, what is if you know what? So describe tiny law to me. Um, is there a price? that you know people so let's say they're 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 doing a gig for five hundred dollars like what what have you seen the sort of top prices where they still use the product itself right so if a gig is you know five thousand dollars or i don't know let's say they're give me a sort of example of of the highest um price that that people are sort of exchanging services for where they're still using this product yeah so i was actually really surprised at how how large the dollar amounts are that we see in shake okay. um so we've we've pulled a bunch of data and um, for certain things th- that you would think, you know, very large transactions, you w- you would think people would be consulting lawyers for. One would um, hope. One would hope. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're still seeing a lot of those types of transactions, and it's hard to know if those are actually, you know, sort of a term sheet, and they're they're going through the questions because it helps them sort of think through all the scenarios, mm-hmm. um, which which is which is useful. And then they get to the end and they sign something. You know, and then, then maybe they go to a lawyer and say, hey, we, we put this together. We both agreed in sort of in principle to do this deal. It's like an LOI or a, a, a MOU or something like that. And it could be that. Or it could be, you know, that that's all they're doing. Um, but the, like, the average size of a loan agreement on Shake is about $24,000. So The average it, size is about 24000 Yeah. So they're, they're a lot bigger than you think. I mean, I... I would do. I did one with my parents when I borrowed money to pay off some of my student loans. So, you know, I think it's that kind of transaction, which sure. can which can be big. You know, you want 
your family members, you want something in writing, you want everyone, just because you, you don't want to misunderstand and the other person doesn't either, not because you're trying to take advantage of your family members. Right. You know, it's not I would. I would. That's, yeah. that's me. That's, oh, you aside. Yeah. That me aside. Yeah, I'm an outlier yeah. when it comes to that. All right. right. So, when, so when people do this, I guess here here's a couple questions I have. Number one, has this ever gone into litigation where they've had to rely, that you know of, where they've had to rely on a shake agreement? So we have... Um, we had one person contact us and say, I'm going to small claims court. This person's trying to not pay me for a prototype I built them. We have, you know, we have a contract. We, we use Shake. Uh, you know, will you help us out? Or, you know, is there anything we should know? Sure. Um, and we kind of said, uh, no, you should be fine, but we'd love to know how it turns out. Right. So let us, let us know. <laughs> Uh, and so far, the, the, I guess they haven't followed through on it or something. I don't know if they settled or he, he sufficiently scared the person into paying him. But um, I, as far as I know, that hasn't actually gone through proceedings in, in any court. Um, That's but, interesting. Yeah. yeah. But there very well may have been. We just don't, people don't necessarily think to tell us. Do you think that, and, and ha, have your views changed on this? And I'll, I'll ask you why. So that what you just said about the $24,000 sort of shocked me to a certain extent, because I'm thinking that the base clientele or the people that I thought would use this are the ones that wouldn't get into a contract in the first place, right? So they would say, it's just too inefficient for me to um, you know, deliver these services and get a lawyer involved. I'm just going to do a kind of a handshake deal or have an email. Mm-hmm. I thought that was sort of the base of, of the people that would use a product like this, only just from personal experience where someone would say, whoa, that's, that's way too expensive, Danny. You know, I think I'm just going to figure this out on my own or download something online. But would you, would you say that a lot of your clients aren't like that then? I mean, how does it, you understand what I'm saying? How does it cut across sort of the segments? Is it, is it some of those, but mostly people that are, are in business, it's B2B specifically? Or, or how, does, how do the numbers shake out? Well, I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do larger size, you know, by by in terms of dollars, transactions on sort of handshake terms right. than than you would think. So I think I think that's been you know been one of the big takeaways. Like um, it, like uh, we see a lot of independent contractors mm. using it. Yep. Um, you know you call a plumber, they come and do something, you know, while they're there, they kind of say, oh, well, you know, I can fix that sink for you too, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to fix that forever, you know, can you, can you rip it out, can you do with this, can you do that, and people just kind of add on to their list of services, and those end up being thousands of dollars, so, you know, you don't, I think a lot of that stuff happens, and, uh, you know, we think of tiny law as, not so much defined by the the dollar amount. That's what we thought it would be. You know, right. we kind of thought this will be stuff that's like a thousand dollars or less type of transactions, um, which hasn't necessarily been the case. But I, I, it's it's anything that people, for whatever reason, have said. You know, I'm not going to pay a lawyer for this. Right. Like this doesn't seem either. It's it's so straightforward that I don't feel like I need it. Right. Or I don't understand what the risks are, and so therefore I, I, I'm ignorant to the fact that I should that I should get a lawyer for this. Um, or it's so boilerplate, it's so standard, everyone does the same sort of stuff, and so you know if it's a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars, you know you don't necessarily think of the risk being being different in terms of what what contract you get. We hear that a lot from photographers and graphic designers who are like. I know this is the same. I'm not doing anything crazy here, so I'll just borrow somebody else's contract. Makes sense. And then, do you see a lot? Uh, uh, if you see it, 
So let's say someone signs up and, and I'm an independent contractor and I send out a contract. Have you seen situations where the other side says, well, I want my lawyer to take a look at this and then do they have the ability to edit that document? How does that work? Yeah, so um, we know that happens. We, we don't necessarily know when it happens. We've Anecdotally, we know that happens. So uh, if I send you a contract, um, I've signed it, so you know I'm, I'm making you an offer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, PD, you can download the PDF. You can view that online. You can forward that to your lawyer or your brother or your business partner or whoever. And if you want to make any changes, we haven't built in the ability to actually negotiate in the contract. Mm-hmm. So to say, you know, I want to make this change the same way you would with with word, a word document and track changes. You know, we don't we don't have that functionality yet, although mm-hmm. we're we're working on it. Um, and so in order to make a change, the creator would have to basically make that edit um, and send you an updated an updated offer. Got it. And then, so the nitty gritty of it though that I sort of want to get into is who writes these, because lawyers, you know, the, the general public would say this is awesome and then lawyers being lawyers are obviously gonna say, well, hold on a second, who are writing these contracts? How do we know that they're written correctly, et cetera? So how, do, how did you get over that obstacle? Is it something that you constantly wrestle with? Like how, how, do you, how do you design these things to ensure that, you know, they actually take care of the things that you need to take care of in the typical contract, if there yeah. is such a thing as a typical contract? Yeah, so we, I mean, we spent a lot of time before we launched anything working on the, the language of the, you know, the contracts and trying to make them as short and concise as possible so that they're understandable to everyone, mm-hmm. um, but also be, you know, valid and, and binding in, the, in all the ways that you would want a form to be. Um, I'd say a couple of things. Non-lawyers especially think that you know there's a it's a black and white magical you know if if this language is in there then it's binding and if yes. this language isn't in there then it's not yes um, and so that's that's a misconception on the sort of consumer and small business side which is our audience right and so that's typically been been their reaction like are these binding like are these binding you <laughs> um, <laughs> say like, well yeah I mean if you went in and you cut half of it out then you know you might have a problem but you know if there's a offer and acceptance and consideration like then it can be binding and so you know as long as you sort of don't go in and with a machete and take stuff out that you shouldn't then it, then it's fine which is part of the reason that we built it in the way we did so that it, you kind of had training wheels on like you can't mess it up too much right because you can only change certain variables in the in the new version um, that we're launching that, that just went out today we do open up the editing at the end of it so and this is something lawyers always ask for. They're like, I want to change this wording, or I like to say this, and I want to, you know, specify the scope of this NDA a little bit more. And so, you know, I, I, I want to get my hands on the on the document and make the changes I want. And so now we let you do that, and we've always let people do that in the in the business one, where it's their templates. Obviously, they have full control over it. And so we kind of wrestle with that, you know, making it hard for people to screw up, but also giving them the control that they want. Do you ever so so to get there's two things I want to jump on uh, based on your your what you just said. Do you have lawyers as clients? Yeah, we have some. So we have we've actually we we talk to lots of users, wow. and we have some lawyers that have used it for engagement letters. Right, that's I kind of that. like the simple starter use case. Um, you know, they're meeting with a client. They want to have a tablet out with the letter on it. They want to get it signed and digital and trying to go paperless. And sure. um, so that's sort of a good starter use case. And then we've been working with a couple of firms um, that have emerging technologies 
practice areas, so they work with lots of startups. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to be as efficient as possible, and so what they usually do is they'll give their startup clients a handful of form documents. Okay. So here's, here's your NDA and your employment offer letter and your um, consulting agreement if you're hiring somebody to do a logo for you and that type of document, so five to ten of those. And so we've taken those, put those on Shake so that they can offer those to their clients because they don't want to be dealing with the back and forth of customizing an offer letter every time because it's you're using the same it's form. It's the same thing. It's yeah, the same it's the thing same over thing. and over. So that's interesting. So, the, But they're, just, just so I'm clear, they're using their documents that they're then uploading to Shake and then using Shake as a delivery mechanism or they're using Shake's documents? Nope, they're using, well... Some of them refer people to use Shake's documents. Got it. Okay. Like solos and small small practices that have a specific thing they do, and you know, some client asks them for something outside of that. Sometimes they'll just say, you know, you're not going to want to pay me for that, and it's really not that complicated. Like you could try this app. Um, That's you know, really ch- interesting. Check it out and see what you think. So we've heard people tell us other users, you know, small businesses or consultants. Um, have said, oh yeah, I heard about this from my cousin who's a lawyer, and I asked him some question one time, and he was like, you know what, just check this out. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> like, I don't want to. It's not what I do. Like I don't, you know, it's like a surgeon fixing a hangnail, right? Yeah, yeah, it, of course. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And then, so to to the other point of it is, have you guys thought about? I guess the differences in in each state's. Well, I guess it's a difficult question, right? Because you guys are essentially putting together contracts based on the tenets of contract law, not, and do, you don't you don't change the the actual contract itself based on the state that they're that they're getting the contract in, correct? Correct. For yeah. our for our templates, we don't. Okay, gotcha. And then opening up the the back end of it, right? You just mentioned that lawyers are now going to have the ability what to edit the actual document itself or to add things to the document. Yep. How do you wrestle with a lawyer, because what you have right now, or, or what it seems like you have right now, is a really simple A, B, C, D kind of contract, right? Which lays out specific terms, and it's it's essentially better than them not having a contract that's supposed to cover them in very sort of direct, clear terms, right? An mm-hmm. everyday solution. Yep. How do you stop that from a lawyer coming in and throwing just God knows how much legalese into into a document <laughs> itself, where the other side just goes, what? in the hell is this? What's the point of this? I don't understand any of this. I need a lawyer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think or, or can of, you? I don't think we can. Yeah. Yeah. That's not our, that's not our fight. Um, right. You know, we want to give people a, a simple option if that's what, if that's what's best for them. But we, we, we thought about this from day one. We we're like, you know, we think that things are too complicated and they don't need to be in a lot of cases. And so we want to provide a solution that is simpler. And that's not just the delivery mechanism of doing it on mobile and making it really easy and really nice, but it's also the language and the the terms and like can they be written in a way that's more comprehensible to non-lawyers? And so we said, how much do we want to fight that battle? Like, do we want to say the only the only contract templates that will ever grace you know Shake's platform will be simplified and jargon-free? And we said no. Like, right. if that's then we're never going to work with lawyers because they're you know for good reason they they have a lot of things that they've used for a long time and um, and they're not going to want to change those. Or a small business who worked with a lawyer ten years ago that wrote them something and they've been using that ever since and it's been going just fine, you know. And then they're not going to want to switch over to that because it's been fine and they feel like they invested in that and. 
um, they want to keep using it for like a sales contract or a proposal or something like that. Sure. So, you know, we, we figured we want to make it easier for people to get deals done. And if they're going to do deals on their paper, let's make that easy too. Okay. And on the, on the financial side, how do you, so do you charge per agreement or is it a model? Do you have models for small businesses where you say, look, you're going to have unlimited use of whatever documents you need for, I don't know, $20 a month or whatever it is. What, what are the, those financials like? Yeah, so right now everything is free. So it's, um, like I said, the, the premium version will be <clears throat> targeted to people that have their own documents. So you know, if you're a company and you have your own form um, that you want to use and you want to put your logo on it and you want you know, some extra administrative capabilities to be able to download all those documents to Dropbox or Box or whatever, um, that'll be the kind of stuff that'll be in the premium tiers. Mm -hmm. Um, but the stuff that we have, like our templates and being able to create those, um, you know, our goal is to keep those free forever and, and have that always be the basic version that anybody can access. Do you see yourself in a position? So a lot of, I mean, I speak to a lot of sort of companies and, and some of them inherently will have a situation where a lawyer will upload a document, right? There's a lot of startups that, that allow this now where a lawyer uploads a document and then a bunch of people in the community actually can, you know, redo the document one way or another and then send mm -hmm. it. Do you see an opening for that or is that not something you want to do? So for instance, if I wanted to upload a real estate contract, right, um, to Shake, is that something that, that you guys would be open to or is it something where you say, all right, thanks so much for this, but you know, we, we kind of have this covered with the contracts. You can edit them as much as you like, but we want to use our own templates. Yeah, you mean like if you wanted to upload it and share it with anybody else who wanted it? So essentially, if I wanted to upload a contract and I said, this is a great contract for, I don't know, uh, uh, a cleaning service mm -hmm. um, and I uploaded it and I said hey Shake you know you can use this for whatever it is that you guys need as opposed to me sending it to one specific client is that something you guys would be you guys are looking for or is it yeah is, yeah okay got yeah it. absolutely so we um, we launched I think two months ago we launched a, a bundle of templates for um, production video and mm -hmm. um, so it's 20 different contracts kind of Targeting the long tail, you know, independent filmmaker, student filmmaker who has aspirations of their film getting picked up by a Sundance or a big film festival. Sure. And when that happens, you know, to get distribution, the uh, to to make money off of that film, the dis distributor is going to want to know if you have all the contracts and the releases, and you know if everything's buttoned up. And if you can't provide that, then you're you know you're in trouble. And so people don't usually think about that. You know, you're a student, you're an independent filmmaker, you're you're creative. You want to make this film. Like you're not trying to worry about the contracts, even though you kind of know you should be. Um, and so we wanted to make that easy. So we put a bundle together for that that user and said, here is. Here are 20 different templates. When you hire people, directors, cast members, when you, you know, a piece of artwork, you need an artwork release, you need a location release, you need an image release for models. Like all of that stuff is in there and it's very specific to that user type. And the reason we, we did that is because a lawyer in LA reached out to us and said, you know what, this is a big problem for people. I'd love to work with you guys and help you create this bundle. Um, and we said, yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. We don't have the expertise in that specific area of the law to do that in-house so we'll work with you and and you can you know, we basically drafted those together okay uh, so yeah we'd love we'd love to do that kind of stuff more. so so take this the right way why do lawyers want to work with you and what i mean by that is that <laughs> so you, you're going to have two different types of lawyers you're going to have lawyers that say this is cutting into my bottom line 
right? Mm-hmm. And um, I should be able to use the same. And I'm, I'm very blunt about this on my podcast all the time that we overcharge tremendously for a lot of tasks that we're just going to get killed on later on, like, you know, composing an NDA where we just have an NDA, but we charge $750 for that same NDA we have to make three or four changes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not referring to the lawyers that actually, you know, put a, a, a ton of work into it and, and change it up. The vast majority that I've spoken to, it's an NDA, it's an NDA. So uh, how, do, how receptive are lawyers to this and what types of lawyers are they, if that makes sense? Uh, yeah, I, I think the types of lawyers that are receptive to it are ones that you know, think that technology is something they need to embrace and, and not try and fight and right. look for ways that they can be more efficient. Right. So anybody who's getting pricing pressure and transparency pressure from clients Usually is like you know what this is this is happening, um, you know I need to I need to find ways that I can be more efficient because I know when I bill somebody they're going to come back to me and say whoa this is too high and then we're going to have a back and forth about it and then I'm, I'm going to end up giving them a discount anyway sure. and I think people are starting to see that from the solo all the way up to the big big firms I know I hear it from my wife yep. um, and so I think that's creeping in a little bit more and so people are more receptive in general to it the people that are they're usually the, the least receptive, and I'm totally generalizing here, but Do it. Um, are ones that have, have been around longer and they've, they've heard a lot of talk about technology changing the business and then they've seen the business kind of stay the same. Right. And so they're like, you know, this is just another fad like all the other ones and you know, it's, it's not going to change the way that we work and we're, we're still going to do things basically the same way. Sure. Um, and so I think those are the, the, the biggest naysayers. Um, it, I, it was, I was expecting a lot more negative pushback when, when we launched or when we started talking about this mm-hmm. than, than we've gotten. Um, yeah, I think most lawyers realize that you know, they're training, I mean, they're, they're smart, they're very well educated, the, the stuff they know to be able to do their job is a highly specialized skill and applying that to things that are not very complicated is overkill and right. so I think a lot of people see it that way and if there's a an easier way for them to get get some of that stuff done quickly and, and easily then they're usually into it. Who Are there competitors in the marketplace um, to what you do and you know what's your relationship sort of like with them how do you differ? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest difference I think for us is that we focus on, you know, we have we have templates and we're doing it from a mobile centric, mobile first perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the biggest difference. Um, and then it depends who who you look at. So Rocket Lawyer and LegalZoom have have templates, so you can go there and buy those and use them. <clears throat> so that's you know we're we're the same in in that regard. Um, but we don't see ourselves as so much as a form company. We have our own, and we think it's really useful. Um, but as we expand and we start working with people that have their own forms, you know, we're much less. We're not. We don't care whose forms they are. We we want to provide the platform to to get those created and signed and sent around and managed and all that stuff. So um, so we don't. We could take all of LegalZoom's forms and put them on Shake, and that would be fun. Right. Um, the then then you start to say, well, you also do e-signatures, and so 
there's a whole other group of people that do those, like DocuSign and EchoSign and SignNow and HelloSign and, and folks like that. Um, and I think the biggest differentiator with them is, is partially the mobile thing, although you know, they have apps for that too. Um, we focus a lot more on the creation of the document, so editing something, making changes to you know to all of the agreement text, um, using the phone that using the camera that's in the phone. If you, if you need to take an image, if, you, if it's an image release and you want a picture of the person, you know, we can embed that straight into the document. So thinking about all the ways fingerprint scanning and you know stuff like that for um, for applying signatures to things. So we think about the creation a little bit more than just the signature. And so for someone like a DocuSign or an EchoSign, you know, we've thought about using their signature te technology um, to, to actually capture the signature um, because that's not something that we care tremendously about. It's an important part of the process for sure, um, but it's not something that we, you know, we say, you know, we need to own this signature thing. So it makes sense. You're you're a one-stop shop. So whereas, let's say, LegalZoom has the actual content, um, but the the delivery system fails. It's not necessarily the prettiest in the world or the or mm -hmm. the most seamless. And yeah. then HelloSign is is great, but you actually need the documents for HelloSign. So again, it's sort of a two-step solution. This is more of a seamless. Come to us. You, we have the documents ready. Then we have the delivery vehicle ready. Then we have the ability to sign uh, and make sure everyone knows that everyone's on the same page. Right, would yep. that be right? Okay, yep. got it. And, and I think another thing about it is sort of a, a world of PDF, a world of PDFs and Word docs as right. opposed to a world of you know, native text that you can edit on any device. Right. So you know, most of these other ones, DocuSign and, and, and HelloSign and EchoSign, are, are all based on this notion that you've created this content somewhere else and it is a Word file or a you know, PDF and then you're designating spaces on that document where a signature will go or a line of text will go or you can you know put notes anywhere you want but you're kind of writing something and stamping it on top of a PDF mm -hmm. which which isn't always what you would want like sometimes you want to change the actual document itself and so sure. you, then you have to open word and change something and then PDF it and then put it back into the system so that you can you can uh, get it signed uh, and so we're trying to do all of that uh, seamlessly across devices including the web so you know, we're, we're working on web and we're launching that um, early next year so so where do you I mean this is the most cliche question in the world and just you know shoot me if it's too cliche but like how do you how do you scale where do you see yourself going where do you see the sort of the company going from here on in like what what is it three four years down the line yeah, so we're, you know, we want to expand across devices. I think anything enterprise or, or you know, B2B type of productivity products um, really need to work well across devices. That doesn't mean they have to do exactly the same thing on a phone and a tablet and, and a computer, but um, they need to work well. Mm. So I think... You know, I think of it kind of like email and e-commerce. You know, it, back in the early days of email, m most people only used their computer for email, and then some people started to have Blackberries and be checking their email uh, on the go. And then now, you know, now, now it's totally mainstream. Everybody, right. you know, you would never imagine not having access to your email on your phone. Right. Um, and I think e-commerce is the same way. People used to be really skittish about buying stuff on their phones. They would say, oh, I'll just buy it when I get back to my computer. Now it's, you know, it's very standard for people to buy stuff on phones and even more so on tablets. Um, adding document creation and editing is the same. 
it's not the same exact experience. You're not going to do a lot of heavy lifting and drafting and you know marking up documents on your phone. But if you want to make a small change to a document, you you should be able to on your phone, and there should be nicer, easier ways to do that. Um, and then getting the signatures and things like that, obviously as well. So. Um, that's where I see us going, and I, th I think that's what will happen, whether it's us or, or somebody else doing it, I th or probably multiple people doing it, um, I think will be the, the future. So you can do the heavy lifting on your computer, you can make a quick change at a meeting when you decided on everything's good to go except for this one little thing, let's just make that change now, um, push it to everyone who needs to see it, and then get this get the signatures now instead of saying, okay, I'll make a note about that, and I'll go back to my computer uh, later, and I'll make that change, and then I'll send around another revision for everyone to look at. Right. Makes it more yeah. efficient. Um, the last thing that I kind of wanted to touch upon is, and I, I mentioned this in a prior podcast that I had, what's your feeling on legal tech generally? Um, you know, I started this podcast to a certain extent because I wanted to immerse myself to see if it's real. And, and I don't mean real in the kind of you know, general sense, there's innovation that's happening. There's, you know, a lot of changes that are coming, rightfully so, because a lot of uh, perhaps some of the transactional stuff that's done in a very sm solo and small firm world are inefficient. Um, the, the prices are going to go down. There's just no two ways about it. Um, and things are going to change. But is this sort of, I mean, do you see a lot of products, like when you go to a lot of these sort of meetings, if you do and you see things, do you overwhelmingly see things that are really going to change the landscape or do you kind of just go, yeah, this is kind of cool, but I don't know that, you know, there's there needs to be a 15th way of figuring out how to get a client based on, you know, a vetting or a referral system. Like what, what are your thoughts on legal tech going forward? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think there's a little bit of that with with some areas that people have focused more on than uh, than other areas yeah. um, in legal tech. But I think in general, I'm I'm just glad to see that there are a lot more people trying to do things because I think, you know, if there are ten companies trying to do one thing, you know, maybe two of them work out, and you know, the other eight really push those two to create a better mousetrap. Right. Um, and so I think it's I think it's collectively it's a good thing, and, and the the more people investing in the space and trying to solve these problems, the better, because um, we'll all push each other to to make better um, products and services. Okay. So I think it's I think it's great. I'm excited about it. Um, I think to me the the opportunity behind to, you know in the law for technology to be applied in smart ways is so big because. There is no shortage of supply of lawyers, and there's no shortage of demand. The problem is those two, you know, the price point and the structure, the traditional structure of, of a firm, doesn't support the vast majority of the demand because it's just the the pricing and the the way that it's accessed doesn't work. And so, if you can make things more efficient, so that lawyers can still charge the same amount, but they can service three times or four times or ten times more clients. And ten times more matters. They, you know, then you can you can meet the supply and demand at least a, at least more of the time. Sure. Um, so I think I think you know anything that's addressing the deliver the del delivery of services. So you know virtual or via phones or you know Skype. You know connecting connecting with lawyers to have virtual meetings instead of meeting in person. Anything like that that makes things more efficient and, and lowers price points. Um, for delivering services, I think is really uh, is really, you know, great. My my last question for you is this: um, 
how many law law the the enrollment in law schools is down tremendously, right? The figures mm-hmm. dip something like thirty percent. People are just saying no, and rightfully so. It's just a horrible area to get into unless you really love it. And I genuinely, you know, I've been practicing for a while. I love it, but there's a lot of people that just went for the sake of going. Mm-hmm. How many of those people, or how many lawyers, do you see that are jumping ship into the tech world? Right? Do you do you? see a lot of that um, in the actual arena itself, people that were practicing and they said, well, this looks kind of cool. I'm going to sort of quit my job and I'm going to get into this. Yeah, we see a ton of it. Uh, Vinay, who's our chief legal officer, um, did that. He went to big, worked at Skadden for a year, got out, um, has worked at, you know, started his own tech company and has worked at a number of startups. And um, so people kind of seek him out because he's done it and say, how did you do it? And, you know, what's your advice? Um, and so he gets tons of that inbound, and we get a lot of that generically from you know just people emailing us and saying you know, I'd like to do this. So yeah, I think that I think that happens a ton. It's, and, it's happening a lot. And they're they're leaving. I mean, just just to be clear, they're leaving really well-paying jobs. This is not something where they're making like thirty thousand dollars a year working for an insurance defense firm, right? Right. But yeah, right. they're they're leaving six-figure salaries to to actually jump ship and do this. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And they're and I think they're they're in different buckets. Some of them are leaving to get away from it right. and they think this might be you know it's sexy and appealing and new and totally different and opposite of what they've done and so that all appeals so those are the ones trying to you know leave the firm and not quite sure where they want to go and this might be one of them um, and then there are people that are a little bit more intentional I would say about it and for, for more concrete reasons saying I want to get into that I want to do you know technology because you know because I think it's it's awesome and they have a little bit more of a sense of why they want to go to technology as opposed to just getting away from from the law. And now there seems to be a market for it. Whereas five years ago, if someone said legal tech, you would literally slap me. You would say, "What's what's wrong with you? You're obviously wasted." I mean, it just there wasn't legal tech, or not to the extent that it, it possibly is right now, right? I mean, this is a completely new thing. Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's there has been legal tech on the you know litigation support side, right? right. With e-discovery and data rooms and things like that. For That's deals. not sexy, though. It's not it's not as sexy, um, and I think the. That's more indicative of the change in enterprise software in general, where you know things are so much cheaper to build, and you can target because of that. You can target a consumer or small business user that's typically harder to wrangle, um, sure. and you, they're not going to pay you as much. Sure. And so it's always been well, who's willing to pay for something that's legal tech? You know, right. firms are, right. and they'll pay a lot for it if it's you know solving a problem. And so that's where all the investment and all the money and innovation has gone toward those types of tools and and now because uh, tech people have more technology and they have more access to it and it's better um, you can do a lot more for cheaper you know it's, it's finally a realistic option to be able to target legal tech solutions at smaller firms or directly to consumers and and, and businesses sure Abe, um, I want to thank you so much for, for being on this podcast with me today. Where can people find you? Where, where can they find Shake? Uh, yeah, they can find Shake. Uh, our website is shakelaw.com. Yep. Um, they can download the app in the App Store or in the Android uh, Google Play Store. Awesome. Um, and uh, follow us on Twitter at, at shakelaw. And my, my handle on Twitter where you can reach me is uh, at ageiger, A-G-E-I-G-E-R. Abe, uh, awesome product. Again, thank you so much for, for being on with me today, and uh, I look forward to seeing what's with what's going on with you guys in a few years.
Sounds great. Thanks for having me. And send me over your, your templates. We'll load them up for you and shake. <laughs> I would love to, Abe. Take care, man. <laughs> All Talk right. To you soon. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.